here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. Rob McCarron. Pyro, Michael Cole. Oh my God, is that? Oh, it's the demon. The demon has returned. Jeff Hawkins. Choke slam and that's it. There you go. You're listening to Shake Them Ropes with Rob McCarron and Jeff Hawkins. It was one of those March days when the sun shines hot and the wind blows cold, when it is summer in the light and winter in the shade. Charles Dickens. Shake them ropes 201, back for more cash and 100 more episodes. Rob's heading to Orlando early, too early in fact, so we're early. We're going to talk a little NXT going into their big WrestleMania moment. Southpaw Championship Wrestling hits the internet, we'll talk a bit about that too. And yes, maybe we'll talk about that thing that happened. Maybe. All that and more, here to keep me in line, Rob McCarron. And Rob, are you doing spring training? Are you doing theme parks? Do you have enough sunscreen for your bald head? Uh, yeah, that's the important part. I need the sunscreen for my bald head. It's, yes. uh, it's bad. I need it. I need it bad. I, uh, so what, I are you do. doing in, what are you doing in Orlando? What's, what's your plans? Uh, the plans is I think we're hitting up uh, Disney World on one of the days. Uh, you know, Disney World. Everyone's got to go. Magic uh, Kingdom? No, actually. Epcot Center. Hey, I always liked Epcot better when I went as a child, but also I don't remember anything as a child, so maybe I didn't. Okay. Uh, but yeah, we're uh, spring training games, possibly uh, possibly one spring training game while we're down there. Otherwise, it's just uh, we're trying to get in warmer weather. It's 35 degrees here and rain. I would what? prefer not to do that. Dude, it is near 90 where I am. I know. Right I would love that. <laughs> it's very cold. It's very cold, and I'm not a fan, and we're trying to get uh, a little warmer. But we oh, are going. Man, I would switch. Yeah, we are going the week before uh, WrestleMania and all the WrestleMania activities. So we will be. We'll. Be, I'll be back when uh, when WrestleMania week gets started. I'll uh, I'll man the fort here while you travel to Orlando. I will be here at the uh, at the data center, making sure we got all the information ready. <laughs> I found out today. I took a look at my hotel that they're setting up a WrestleMania store. Yeah. In my hotel. I love it. And it's and it's on the other side of town, which kills me. I'm like, I was getting away, trying to get away from all the traffic, and they're putting a WrestleMania store in Good. my hotel. So I'm glad they are. Great. Oh, yeah. Are you? They, they have the uh, WrestleMania store. You're going to have all the uh, signs and everything when you get into the airport. They got this big, giant belt in downtown Orlando that was put up the other day. Uh, so, yeah, there's a lot to look forward to if you're going to Orlando. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I will not be there for any of the... WrestleMania activities. On that note, though, we will be uh, we will be back. Uh, we're gonna have shake them ropes episodes next week during all the WrestleMania stuff. Uh, you know, this episode coming a little bit early because of all the uh, travel I am doing. Uh, next week, we're gonna have to work out a schedule because Jeff will be traveling, and we have NXT Takeover on Saturday. We have WrestleMania on Sunday. We have Opening Day baseball on uh, on Monday. So a you lot mean, going you, on. Oh, baseball. <laughs> Come on. USA. 
USA. Look, you got the best tournament in basketball going on right now. And, and yeah, you and, know who uh, doesn't? Virginia. We overperformed. I'm very proud of my team. Thank yes, you, you overperformed having the lowest first half scoring total in NCAA tournament history. No, I'm just kidding. Just this year. But yeah, no, well, that was bad. That was bad. Virginia kind of came well, in no. and uh, pooped the bed a little bit. Well, we did. Well, we we fired our our main score one game into the season. We we kicked him off the team because uh, of some. Uh, he was scoring too much. Abuse. Yeah, he was no, scoring sub, too much. Substance abuse right. issues. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah, he was scoring too much. No, but uh, you may have some guest stars next week. I don't know if I'm taking my uh, my setup with me. Oh, uh, and I don't blame you either. Honestly, I don't blame you. We'll figure something out. We'll figure something out. Uh, but we are going to uh, have an episode next week previewing WrestleMania in some fashion. Uh, we are also going to have a live post show after WrestleMania. Oh, breaking that news right now. Uh, mm. So we are going to have a live post show somehow. Uh, you will be at the show, correct? Yes. Yeah. So maybe maybe a call in from Jeff Hawkins if he uh, <laughs> finds his way out of the arena. But that. But, but that if being it's, said, if it's a, yeah, I if mean, it's anything like last year, mm-hmm. it's gonna be crazy. <laughs> it's gonna be a disaster. You're going to leave the venue trying to call in, but instead you're just going to be hearing my voice yeah. in someone's car. <laughs> uh, yeah, fun times. But no, we'll, we'll have a post-show if, if you know Jeff's going to be at the show, so we won't be uh, doing the regular setup. So the post-WrestleMania show will be a call-in show. So come listen live after WrestleMania. Call in with your thoughts on the show and how uh, WWE is moving forward. I will take calls on that episode. We are going to have a call-in Shake Them Ropes after WrestleMania. Uh, so look forward to that. If you have not already done so, subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, anywhere podcasts are found. Search Shake Them Ropes, or for iTunes, go to bit.ly. That's bit.ly slash str iTunes. I want to thank everyone who left a rating and review on the show over the last week. Uh, you know, we called out for some ratings and reviews on iTunes on Shake Them Ropes episode 200. Uh, we had quite the response. A lot of people going up onto iTunes and letting people know what they thought about us. Mostly positive. I was appreciative of that. Uh, but yeah, if you have not done so, get to iTunes right now, bit.ly slash STR iTunes, and leave us a rating and review. Even if you don't listen via iTunes, we would appreciate you doing so. Leave a rating and review on iTunes. And thank you, everyone who has done so on the uh, on the next episode, the WrestleMania episode, where we're going to have a lot of ear holes listening to the podcast. I'm going to shout out every one of you who left a rating and review on iTunes. So get those reviews in. You have one week to do so, and you'll get a little shout out from us on the WrestleMania episode. Uh, Jeff, Jeff Hawkins, it was a busy week. Yes. Newsworthy stuff, uh, some fun stuff. WWE, uh, they did one of these goofy things and they actually followed through with it uh, with Southpaw Regional Wrestling. So we're going to talk about that later on. Uh, but both of us watched this past week's NXT television episode. We are now two weeks away from NXT TakeOver uh, in Orlando. And this episode, in theory, would kind of uh, cement all of the final matches heading into that TakeOver show. I mean, we have the main events all set up. We finally got the tag team match set up on this week's episode. But that's about it. We have three matches right now announced for, for TakeOver. We're, would you have expected pretty much the entire card by now? Yes. And, and I would expect that they'd be building it right. as a big deal. And it doesn't feel like it at all. Well, here we are, the second to last episode leading into TakeOver Orlando. The second to last episode. And everything on this episode was pretty much building towards next week's episode, The Go Home, which in theory is where we'll get the final matches. Uh, but yeah, they announced more show or more matches for next week's NXT TV than they did for TakeOver Orlando. Yeah, I, I was very disappointed. And I'm very disappointed in... 
this build. I'm disappointed in <laughs> that that whole show. I mean, just I I was baffled at. I mean, I've been kind of keeping an eye on NXT and watching it occasionally, but this is really. I mean, I know they've had to do some shuffling, especially with the tag team division, but it it feels like standard WWE fair instead of building up to something really really huge well i don't even know if they've been shuffling the tag team division the tag team division has been the th- the same three teams for the last seven months right it's yeah. just who's facing who on this takeover and then this week we decided to just put everyone in there uh so i want to run down this week's nxt tv because obviously we're recording this early we're recording this on sunday night uh we don't have raw and smackdown to talk about we're not going to be around to be able to see that so we're we're changing it up a little bit on the show we're going to talk about the fun thing wwe did on their website this week we're going to talk about this NXT TV episode, uh, but we've also been telling everyone for the last several months here on Shake Them Ropes, and I really want to—I want to encourage you to try this out because if you are—if you are someone who likes to prepare your own meals, but maybe doesn't enjoy shopping for all the ingredients, or someone who spends a lot of uh, money on fast food, and maybe you want to cut down that a little bit and eat a little bit better. I want to encourage you to try Blue Apron. Blue Apron is a proud sponsor of Shake Them Ropes. They are sponsoring this episode here on Shake Them Ropes, episode 201. Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the entire country, Jeff. We've both tried it many, many times. Uh, Last week, I cooked a really good chicken dish, and I actually followed all the instructions. I was not doing... The uh, the cheating way where you only try certain things on it and don't follow through with the rest. I actually did it one through all. And then I realized after I cooked it, I should have probably taken a video of it and, and uploaded it. Show everyone how easy it is. So maybe I'll do that in the future. Um, tell the people Hold about on. Blue Apron in the back. You cheat? You cheat? Sometimes. Sometimes I in cheat. In your cooking? Sometimes I what, cheat. Just, just ingre- oh, no, not me. No. Whenever I get Blue Apron, I make it down. Even if there's ingredients I don't think I'm going to like. I put it in there because... Because this is artistry here, what you're getting, and you want to to make it as as close to how the artists want you to do it. So I I do it in the entire spirit. I don't judge prehand or pre meal like old Rob McCarron does. I I make the meal like it's you supposed do. to be made. Does it always look like it? No, because That's I can't plate. I can't plate worth crap. Can't I cannot plate. plate. Can't plate worth a damn. But uh, no, I I love Blue Apron again. The ingredients are fresh. I mean, like, off the farm fresh. The proteins especially shocked me with how good they were. Because, I mean, you buy hamburger in the store, but, I mean, this was really quality ground beef that I had in mine and really great chicken cutlets that I had. And Blue Apron and then- Blue Apron guarantees it fresh, too. Blue Apron's freshness guarantee promises that every ingredient in your delivery arrives ready to cook or they'll make it right. Yes. So it, it's very easy. You get the good stuff. Right now, everybody, you can check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free. That's right. Listening to Shake Them Ropes, you get free food. Get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash shake. That's blueapron.com slash shake. You will love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron. Do not wait. And right now, some of the upcoming meals, salmon piccata with orzo and broccoli. This is the one I'm excited for, sir. The pork chops with miso butter and bok choy and marinated apple. I love me some pork chops. I'm going to be trying that one out. That's the one I'm getting. Uh, you can also, if you're more on the vegetarian or uh, vegan side, you can get some vegetable chili and baked sweet potatoes. 
Those are some of the upcoming meals, and you can get three of them free right now. BlueApron.com slash shake. That's BlueApron.com slash shake. And, and you can cook it and try it out on WrestleMania Day. Have some people over for WrestleMania and feed them your Blue Apron meals. Ooh, that's a good idea. You know, you get the family style, and you, you just, you know, invite a couple people over. Yeah, you know you cool. know who would tear up some family style all by himself? Tex Ferguson, I think. Could tear up some uh, some family style. We're going to get into the Southpaw Regional Wrestling. I, it took the internet by storm last week. Uh, and you know what? There, there was a lot of hype going into it. It, it kind of delivered, I feel. Uh, so we have that to talk about. But this NXT TV episode, uh, Jeff, was built up all around Cassius Ono versus Bobby Roode for the NXT title. Uh, the winner going on to face Shinsuke Nakamura at NXT TakeOver. Um, before we get into the show and that match especially, what were your thoughts on Cassius Ono coming in and getting an NXT title shot on TV basically is like a bridge to the main event of TakeOver. When I when I thought, and we talked about this, if Cassius Ono was going to wrestle in NXT, I thought he was going to be a primetime player early on and actually get a prominent spot on TakeOver. And now, at best, he might get an early match in a in a unadvertised way at TakeOver. Yeah, it really takes the uh, a lot of the steam and a lot of the uh, kind of the... Um aura about him off i thought i i I didn't understand this move at all to be honest it's big match chris hero you got big match chris hero to come in as cassius ono and revive that character and then you put him on a tv episode against bobby Roode right out of the gate and then nothing and who knows what he's going to do on takeover we we still have uh you know we got a cassius ono match coming up with the drifter loser leaves nxt uh, that's not big match Cassius Ono. And now if he's on takeover, it's going to be a last minute thing. It's go. I don't even know who he could wrestle Andrade Almas. Maybe. I mean, Cassius Ono and Andrade almost possibly, but, uh, yeah, it's just weird to see him come in and be used as a TV bridge for two months. Um, it, the whole thing seems very, very strange. The thing that might work is if they kill off Cassius Ono and rebrand him as Chris hero. But yeah. I don't think they're going to. No, they got the new they, they got the new Cassius Ono merchandise going on. You got the basketball jersey gimmick that you're going to start selling and and seeing that in merchandise stands. Uh, they got him ready for merchandise. They they went all out and gave him uh, you know a pretty cool theme. Uh, yeah, now nobody's going to buy it because he's not a winner. So he's not a winner. He's not a winner. Be, and it's going to be very odd, especially if they decide to bring up Nakamura and Rude. I don't know if they're going to. I don't think they will. But if they bring up one of the two. You would have thought that Ono was the guy to f- be the next guy to be in the big match for like SummerSlam. That's right. what was yeah. my thing. And I thought Ono was going to be the big SummerSlam opponent. But with this, you know, it has that feeling of, oh, maybe we do a three way or or something like that Great. with Ono added in and then it's just uh yeah, it's just the way a, they the way they the way they build three ways is not impressive to me. It really isn't because they never really well, they, this, they never really established right. the rivalry between three people going all the way up, with the exception of, uh, you know, the, that horsewomen three-way was pretty good, and the and the four-way for the title I thought was pretty good. But these other multi-man matches that they've done of late, it's just throwing people in the ring. TV episode this week started with the Ely brothers, who had been decimated the week prior. Uh, you know, they're introducing these Ely brothers, who won't be anything in NXT for at least a year, but at right. least they're getting them on TV, so you know they who they potential. are. They have potential. They have potential, I think. I, I really do. I Anytime mean, they, there's not... a twin gimmick. I mean, Vince McMahon loves his twin gimmicks. There's a twin gimmick. Yeah. They're big. They're kind of muscular. They look like they have some athletic prowess. Let's now take them off, train them a bit. 
you know, it's kind of like, I mean, to give you an old school flair, it's kind of like what uh, Dusty did with Jim and uh, John Jeffers, the uh, the uh, the mod squad. He, they were geeks in NWA, and he sent them to a different territory to learn their craft, and they came back with a gimmick, and they were kind of a good, you know, mid-card tag team. I think, uh, I think a year in that performance center doing stuff that's useful would, would, would be wonders for them. We had the Ely brothers against the authors of pain, uh, quick little match, nothing to it. It's uh, except to basically promote the, uh, power and the devastation of authors of pain. We have Gargano and Champa coming in. We have the revival getting involved, uh, revival cutting, you know, a pretty good promo talking about how they're the best tag team in NXT and who would have saw them coming really when they won the tag team titles. Everyone was so confused. Like this was out of nowhere and they're just going to be bridge champions. The revival has carried this tag team division for the last year. And who knows how much longer that's going to happen because you have these three major teams in NXT and the revival has been around the longest at this point. Will they go up to the main roster? What will they possibly do? Because how long are you going to go with this trio of tag teams in the same kind of treading? And they haven't been they haven't been treading water yet because you, you finally get this three-way coming out. William Regal made the three-way on this episode for NXT TakeOver in elimination match, no less. So the Authors of Pain, in theory, could actually be pinned to get eliminated unless they win the whole match. So it's not, it's not a, you know, get me out of this kind of three-way where you don't have to pin the real champions. Uh, you have this three-way coming up. This is kind of the final piece of the puzzle, the final story here. Where do you go from here if you're going to have all three teams still in NXT? The problem in the build to this three-way for me is that the authors of pain are not nearly the destructive force that they need to be to make this match feel really, really big. I mean, they, they have that WWE toughness where, you know, they destroy a team and then, and then, you know, in a couple seconds, but they don't have that added viciousness where you're like, oh man, are these two other teams going to have to team up just to beat the authors of pain and get to one another? Because you have that kind of, uh, you know, the revival are the team that can hurt people. You know, by working on the body part, they're kind of that old school technical team. You have the, the, the white meat baby face good guy team who are now in there against this vicious, vicious technical team and this vicious power team. The problem for me is that the vicious power team hasn't been established as guys that could beat both these teams easily. It, or at least have that aura like, you know, like actually destroying fools and putting them through, you know, if this were ECW, they would have put them through tables and, and things of that nature. It just been a real destructive force here. And, and the, and the promos that Ellering is cutting aren't, they're not moving the needle for me. I don't know what they're doing for you, but it's, but it's all about, I'm writing in my book of destruction. The authors of pain have written, you know, whatever. It's like, okay, whatever fool. It's, it's very sports entertainment to me. Um, where do you go from here? I think the Revival have a place as the number three team on SmackDown. I think that's where they're going probably too. So, um, and probably on that on that Raw on that SmackDown on uh, Tuesday after WrestleMania. I think they're I think they're moving up. I think the Authors of Pain probably spend some more time down there, and they probably feud with uh, Gargano and Champa a bit. There are a lot of positives. There are a lot of negatives. If you are the Authors of Pain, no, excuse me. If you are the Revival. And you're being told that, hey, after WrestleMania, you're going to go to SmackDown, right? 
And you look at SmackDown right now where we finally just had an American Alpha tag team match finally on TV because there has been Mm -hmm. no build towards anything for WrestleMania for that tag team division. How excited can you be? You have to be a little reserved, right? You're going into a division that seemingly has no place on the show, no time on the biggest show of the year. Maybe they're that maybe that's a motivating factor. Maybe they can go up onto SmackDown and be like, okay, we're gonna make this tag team division something to see, and they'll have to put us on TV. It's not gonna be something where that, we're gonna give them a chance to to lower our importance. Yeah, but this is where the creative instincts of the main roster kick in and make things less than they should be. Because what you'll get is the revival in American Alpha ad nauseum for four weeks. In some in some way, either multi-tag or individual team members, leading up to their first feud, and then the guys at top will will say, "I don't understand why everybody thought these matches were so great. They just do the same match over and over and over again." You, you see what I'm saying? It's it's a. I, I think the revival could take advantage of that moment. Don't get me wrong. I think they probably will do their best. With what's given, I think that first talking smack that they're on, they'll be great. That that's yeah. that's what I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to Dawson on on talking smack. Oh, sure. If, if yeah. they get put there, um, like I said, I don't trust the creative instincts of the main roster when it comes to tag teams. I don't think they care about tag teams all that much. Macy Estrella took on Nikki Cross. Nikki Cross continues to be, uh, in my mind, the best part of not only Sanity but the NXT Women's Division lately. Uh, Nikki, mm-hmm. Nikki Cross going to be a superstar heading into the uh, summer for NXT, especially if you do see Asuka going up to the main roster. Uh, but they're introducing another character here. Macy Estrella gets introduced. Uh, Nikki goes nuts from her from the uh, early standpoint of this match, does whatever she wants. The whole gimmick here being that they're not she's still not interested in winning unless it's beating Asuka or winning the title. Like it, it's she, it's the start of the story. Hurt here. She would rather yeah, hurt she's, people. She's nuts. She would rather hurt people. Until it comes to winning the championship. She has her sights on the championship. And that's the story that's been told over the last several weeks and months. You know, when she finally got her shot uh, in a way against Asuka. Or at least a shot at Asuka's championship. Uh, so that that's kind of a cool little thing. She doesn't care. She's, she's the Kevin Owens of the NXT Women's Division. She doesn't care about beating random women. She wants to win the championship. Uh, so that's something to look off to. Um, Can I talk about this now? You may, you may talk about this now. Uh, I thought Nikki Cross was the natural person to go up against Oscar at WrestleMania. Oh yeah, I thought the way they, yeah. I thought the way they set up that four way, the way that the two Australians took her out when right. she was obviously having an advantage in that match, and then getting beat by Oscar. I thought the natural build would be to that, but they chose to do Ember Moon. Which, um, if, if you want Ember Moon to be the big-time superstar and you want her to be the one to end the undefeated streak of Asuka, I You gotta build that. her up on TV. You gotta build her up on TV, and they haven't done that except with that one vignette yeah. with Asuka in it. And and it, not as a character. Not I mean, the Billy Kay match was good. Well, I, but... I, think they, I think they were going for, okay, we're gonna have Asuka beating everyone and retaining her championship for this long. But, but simultaneously... And not directly related to Asuka, we're gonna have Ember Moon be just as dominant because Ember, Moon, Ember okay. Moon's beating everyone. So now you're you're getting the man, the fans thinking without directly telling them. You're hoping okay. the fans start thinking, "Oh, I I hope undefeated Asuka goes up against undefeated Ember Moon. Who's going to win?" But now I, a lot of times you have to have the timing right for that, and I I agree the timing isn't right for that. But 
I would much rather have Ember Moon and Asuka with that story, even if the timing isn't quite right, going up against each other, than Nikki Cross being the one to end Asuka. And now Ember Moon's just left like, okay, maybe I'll take the title from Nikki Cross, but I never got that chance to to dethrone Asuka. So I can see, see it's, I can oh. see a match for either or. Either way we look at it, Ember Moon's winning the title at NXT TakeOver, right? And then the story of the summer is going to most likely be Ember Moon, Nikki Cross. So now we can get Nikki Cross built up a little bit back up for Ember Moon. And then Asuka maybe goes away to the main roster. Maybe she shows up on SmackDown too. Do you think she does? Because the way I was looking at the build was it, it's Asuka, the dominant force, versus Ember Moon's one big finisher. That's how I was watching this build happen to yeah, me. I, I don't see Ember Moon getting built up to just lose to Asuka uh, at WrestleMania weekend. I see this as a real changing of the guard. I think I think this takeover okay. is going to be the last of this dominant run because uh, I think the Revival go away. I think Asuka goes away. I think Shinsuke Nakamura goes away. And then you you have advertisements for NXT shows with Asuka still on them where uh, yeah, and with Revival still on them, but you can still bring them up to the main roster and still have them work some NXT shows, the special ones, uh, yeah. internationally or whatever you need. That that said, this Macy Estrella gimmick. Yeah. Oh, she's great, I think. Or she has potential. She has superstar potential. If she can get out of this costume and get out of this gimmick, whatever the heck it is, they, they're thinking with this. Oh, not a fan at all. It doesn't match anything. And especially when they're building up, they're doing. They did the Jim Ross build with her. They they told they talked about how she used to be an MP and a badass, and she's wearing this. And is it supposed to be that kind of thing, like the 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 effeminate gunfighter who's really vicious but dresses in all these nice clothes and then kills you later? Because I didn't see that in this. This was a Nikki Cross squash. So I I mean I just was like. That's what they're going to do with a former MP slash triathlete slash whatever she was that, I mean, cause I think she, she does have superstar potential. Well, they have I plenty just, of time. I mean, this is another one of those like Ely brother introductions where you're not really going to see Macy anytime soon either. So this is just a, this is the first appearance on TV. We'll see what happens later on, but I don't the, think this will be the, the finished project for Macy Australia. And the Australia. funny thing is she, yeah, Macy Australia. Yeah. She, she's everything that Vince and Kevin Dunn like in a, in a superstar in, in the divas or in the women's division, the tall blonde athletic girl. And she's getting beat up by Nikki cross, which is, which, Hey, Brock Lesnar, Brock Lesnar lost undercard matches to X-Pac on it, on WWE house shows. When I he agree, was coming but, up. People but lose, I'm just, people I'm, lose. I'm, I'm just saying the optics of it were funny to me because yeah. Nikki cross, I love Nikki Cross to death. I wasn't sure when they signed her that that's what they were looking for, but she's perfect well, insanity. Oh, well, and yeah, he, she's perfect insanity. Now a lot of people didn't know if she would be able to pull off that gimmick, and she's the best part. Clearly I the agree. best part. I mean, I, I, I want the rest of the sanity to go away. I am sick of seeing them on TV every week doing the same old thing, and now I'm really confused because I was, I was watching the show, taking notes, and thinking, okay, this is a match. This six-man match is going to happen at NXT TakeOver, clearly. And then later on in the show, we have an advertisement. So this was the next thing on the show. We had Eric Young, Alexander Wolfe, Killian Dane out there destroying Ty Dillinger and No Way Jose because they already took out Roderick Strong. Roderick Strong was taken out last week or the week before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they announce 
a six-man tag for next week on NXT TV. This is one of the matches that I thought for sure, NXT TakeOver, no, happening next week. Now, I don't know the spoilers of this. I haven't actually read up on what happened during this, so maybe there's something that happens and they end up doing the match again at TakeOver. Um, but I, that was surprising. I don't know what they're going to do with TakeOver. What do you do with these six guys? You have Ty Dillinger, Roderick Strong, and No Way Jose tied into the Sanity thing. And a six-man makes sense for TakeOver. I, I can't possibly see them doing three singles matches. No, I think they're curtain jerking at, at takeover and then the, the face team is going to win. Someone turn. No. Um, Someone says, if you can't beat him, join him. I'm sick of Ty Dillinger fighting for you. I'm going to join sanity overcrowd I that group a little Roddy, bit. I could see them, them finally turning Roddy, but, uh, I don't know. I just, I just, if they're in the opener, I could see them wanting to put on No Way Jose's music and have everybody dance and have a happy ending that way. Yeah. No, I, I could see it too. Uh, we had Andrade Almas being a dick to Ho Ho Loon backstage at the Performance Center. As well, he should. Oni Lorcan comes in <laughs> being the hero. And we have Oni Lorcan and Andrade Almas next week on the television show and not on TakeOver. So again, we have plenty of stuff for TV next week, but not so much for TakeOver. Are you hyped for Oni versus Andrade? Uh, not really. Although I, I think it'll be a good match. I think I've seen the match, actually. I thought I saw it at... Uh, didn't they... Weren't they the opener at uh, the dark match at TakeOver last year? Maybe. I don't know. I think so. I, I think it'll be fine. I think I think it's probably going to be Andre Cianalmas versus... Cassius Ono at TakeOver. I, I was thinking the same thing in one of those unadvertised matches, unless they set it up maybe on TV, but uh, Hero's got his own stuff uh, to do. So yeah, Cassius Ono and Andrade Almas. That would be a pretty cool match, I think. Um, I think, you know, Cassius Ono can work well with anyone, and that's that's been the thing. Andrade Almas has put on good performances, but he's been going up against guys. You know, he, he out-dueled Bobby Roode, but Bobby Roode was the big thing, so he got the win. Uh, really good performance, I thought, with Roderick Strong. So he's had good stuff out there. Uh, he's just got to get the uh, the right platform and to actually follow up on those good performances. Uh, then we had the main event of the TV show, Cassius Ono, Bobby Roode. It went 18 minutes. Bobby Roode wins. Uh, not it was it was a mostly competitive match. Uh, I think Cassius Ono did enough to get the crowd into it as best they can. That crowd on this television show really just. I, I kind of wish this show took place at full sale because at least the crowd would be into certain things. You you go a little bit further away to Central Florida. You're not even out of Orlando, really. You go to Central Florida, and it's a completely different crowd. It's a much larger crowd. But this crowd didn't really come in excited for a lot of what they saw on this television show. I thought it hurt the match a little bit. What, what did you think about the main event on this show? 18 minutes of a Cassius Ono-Bobby Roode match. Uh, I agree. I think the venue was probably too big, and they probably didn't fill it to capacity. This to match gets over huge were. at full sale. I say, I yes. mean, you do that at full sale and that's a takeover main event. And Hey, there's nothing wrong with staying in your comfort zone. You don't need to go bigger. You don't need to grow all the time, especially if what you have is working. I understand the logic of it. And this was also, wasn't this on like, wasn't this the last show of the taping or am I wrong? Well, no, I know you still have a little bit more to go. You have, uh, oh, okay. because I believe the Cassius Ono drifter match took place just, at Central Florida. I, I think they relied a little too much on people knowing who Cassius Ono was. Did that match already take place? Did I see Cassius Ono and the Drifter on NXT TV and I'm forgetting about it? I think so. 
I think that did, I right? So. And the Drifter. Yeah. Lo- oh yeah, you're right. Because that was the first match. Then Cashasona. I that see. I don't even know. Maybe it was the last one. You're probably right. The next week on t- on uh, NXT TV, we're probably going to get one of those preview shows for Takeover, which then really makes even less sense. How there's no matches for this show. No, what yeah. am I talking? This NXT is so confusing to me. You're going to have the one. You're going to have the two matches we talked about. You're going to have Oni Lorcan versus Andrade Almas. You're going to have the the six man tag. It could be mostly a preview show. Obviously, there was more on this taping, but I, I NXT is so weird right now. I feel like completely lost with NXT. Am I the only one out there who feels like lost with NXT? I follow along to the weekly results. I follow along to the TV show. I follow along with what's being taped for it, but I have never felt more lost on NXT TV. And we're two weeks away from TakeOver, and we know three matches on a show which probably is going to have at least six, maybe just five, but still. There's a hole here. There's a hole, and we don't know what the hell's going on on the biggest weekend. You got this NXT TakeOver show happening on Saturday night instead of Friday night. It's the big pre-meal to WrestleMania, and you don't know what the hell's happening. Yeah, and the build they're doing, I mean, you know, one guy attacks another one week, one guy attacks the other the other week. They cut lame backstage promos and then go in there. No, I agree with you. I'm kind of confused. I'm, I've kind of been watching NXT, but kind of watching with one eye, really. It's it's not... Uh, I, I blame Izzy, quite frankly. I think it's her fault. It, it clearly is. I, I don't know why people <laughs> are defending this, uh, this child anymore. This child. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, that's NXT TV. So, uh, Cassius Ono, yep, he's a loser. Uh, he loses the NXT title match. We'll see what happens with him, because they're going to need him. I mean, if Shinsuke Nakamura is going away, and Austin Aries is up on the main roster... And, you know, we'll see what, you know, a Kyle O'Reilly does, but, uh, you're going to need Cassius Ono. You're going to need him. I agree. And I don't know what they're doing with him because uh, it was a very weird start to his NXT return. All righty. I mean, fuck, are they going to make him the gatekeeper? I mean, is he going to be a guy who you know, wrestles all the new guys and always loses? Is he going to be what he was before he left NXT again? He was top of the card when he left NXT, or at least close to it. When he, I mean, when he, he was left wrestling NXT, Sami Zayn. Yeah, yeah, losing. He was. Yeah, I don't know if I don't know if uh, we've seen the peak of Cassisono. This might have been the peak, the Bobby Roode match. I'm not sure. It just, I would have thought he was going to have a prominent role in Takeover coming in. Make him, make him lose until he gets on a treadmill again. So saith the corporate. Higher ups. So we have Bobby Roode, Shinsuke Nakamura. We have Asuka versus Ember Moon. We have the age of yes. the uh, age of the fall. No, Authors of Pain versus Revival <laughs> versus DIY for the tag team titles. I would pay for the age of the fall on this card. Oh, That'd so would I. So would I. Uh, maybe Sanity in a six man with Roderick Strong, Ty Dillinger, and No Way Jose. Maybe a Cassius Ono match. What are the chances that any one of these three men appear on TakeOver Orlando? Not maybe wrestling, but even on camera in any way. What are the chances either of these three, Kyle O'Reilly, Donovan Dijak, Bobby Fish, chances that any of those three appear on camera at TakeOver? Zero, because I think Hideo Itami might. Hideo Itami, possibly, yeah. There's a match I would like hold to Hold on. See. No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to backtrack a bit. Don't. No, nope. back, final. No, I want to backtrack on. just a little. Moving no, no, hold on. Along. You know what? They could do one of those Kyle O'Reilly... In the crowd shots, much yeah. like they did with Asuka and saying, Bobby Roode. That's all I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, okay. Donovan Dijak and Bobby Fish, maybe not so much, but maybe O'Reilly and Fish together as a team because that tag team division needs something, so maybe. This week's episode of Southpaw Regional Wrestling opened up with some 1970s adult <laughs> film, a film background music. 
Uh, and Tex Ferguson coming out. So for those who may not know, Southpaw Regional Wrestling, a little webisode gimmick. They got four webisodes up at WWE.com. A sponsored webisode series uh, with KFC. KFC sponsoring this deal. It's like basically a six-minute advertisement for KFC, if you will, but meant to draw you in to watch it. And I think they announced this on, what, Tuesday or Wednesday. It was a cryptic little tweet on WWE's Twitter. Southpaw Regional Wrestling comes on Friday. Friday comes. These four episodes are, are released on WWE.com. They're each about six minutes long. It's a it's a spoof in a way of you know mid '80s regional wrestling television, public access television, wacky independent characters, whatever. Uh, a lot of people were excited when this came out. I was interested. I was intrigued. I thought, don't hype it too much because it's going to disappoint, or they'll take it away. I mean, there's still three days to where they can take this away. We it might be another another scuba cane where we don't get to see it come to fruition. Uh, but Southpaw Regional Wrestling comes out, Jeff, before we get into the episodes, running them down. What'd you think when that was announced? Were you intrigued? What'd you think after watching all four episodes? I was very intrigued because it goes to my childhood and what I watched when I was a kid. I was a big Chad Too Bad fan as a kid. <laughs> I was a little bit... Uh, I, I, at, at first, I was a little confused because it wasn't on the network. I thought that's where we'd be seeing it. It will eventually. Where... I think they'll stitch all six together and eventually, or all four episodes, and then it'll eventually be on the network. It would just be very jarring if you were watching the network one day and all of a sudden John Cena's dressed up as an 80s broadcaster on a public access regional wrestling show. And you're like, what, what am I watching here? Um, overall, there was a lot of really good stuff in it. Uh, I really enjoyed a lot of it. But I was also disappointed at the same time. All right. Well, let's I, get into uh, let's get into the first episode here. So as as we said, it starts off with Tex Ferguson, which is the perfect way to start this off. Uh, a play off of uh, Luke Gallows' alter ego of before his WWE days, or actually in the middle of his WWE days, Sex Ferguson. Uh, you have Tex Ferguson coming out. Um, hilarious, by the way. I love the Tex yeah. Ferguson character. I thought Tex Ferguson and the the former best friend and now rival. Chad Too Bad, also known as Carl Anderson. Uh, amazing, amazing hair, amazing wig. They really did the get up on some of these guys pretty well. I mean, you had Chris Jericho dressed up in a nice wig. Yeah, the hold on, we we're, we're bearing the the, the the magnificent start to this with with the music video type thing, the Z twenty eight, and of course the tights in cowboy boots slash alligator boots. Yes, fantastic. So eighties. So great. Tex Ferguson with the one. Uh, now, correct me if I'm wrong. I didn't. I, I'm thinking of it now, but I didn't go back and see it. Sometimes it looked like Tex Ferguson was wearing one earring on the left ear, and sometimes he was wearing two. Maybe he was only wearing one the whole time. But it's this big, long uh, circle ring earring mm-hmm. dangling all the way down. He's got the blue bandana on. He's got the. Uh, yeah. This Tex Ferguson gimmick. This is what I would like them to see more of on WWE TV. Let Luke Gallows go out there and be a little funny if he needs to, instead of being good brother bullet club Luke Gallows. I think the uh, the Tex Ferguson way, more towards that, it doesn't have to be obviously Tex Ferguson, but a little bit more in that direction might w- do him wonders on WWE TV. I, I would agree with that in some way, but I, I just don't think they, they could help themselves with meddling. It'd end up like... It would end up like the Carl Anderson and, and, and Gallows things with the uh, 
with the balls in the jar huh. sketch with Dana Brooke. Yeah. That's what it would end up like. That's what, uh, yeah. You're right. No. Yeah, you can't, yeah. you can't go all the way with it. But you have Tex Ferguson and Chad Too Bad. Uh, base, immediately, you know that these two guys are rivals, former friends. They're rivals now, and we're going to see what happens to them here on Southpaw Regional Wrestling. Uh, we're introduced to our announcers. We have Chet Chedderson and the lead announcer, Lance Catamaran, uh, John Cena portraying Lance Catamaran. And he would like you to know that he was a former news desk anchor in Utica for six weeks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cena was fantastic. Casino played this, played this straight into the hilt and deadpan, and I just there. <laughs> can you imagine? We'll, can we'll you go over some of the things that happened and some of the things that didn't happen? <laughs> I, I was gonna say, can you imagine like a Steve Austin doing this? But really, Steve Austin did at the end of his run. Steve Austin with the uh, backstage deck, uh, skits with Kurt Angle was doing basically the same thing. So yeah, yeah. I guess he can. Angle kind of did this. Angle kind of did this in ECW. Yeah. Or no, uh, Angle, no, no, Austin. Austin yeah. did. Austin did it in ECW when he was kind of uh, he was exactly mimicking Eric Bischoff. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I still my favorite thing and it cracked me up and I was watching it at work, which made it even worse. But uh, when he he says Cena says something and then just just under his breath, I miss my father. Oh, okay. I just I just went oh. There were a couple of those spread out. There were a couple of those spread out. Yeah. Uh, Lance Catamaran <laughs> introduces us to Clint Bobsky, uh, the backstage interviewer or rather infield correspondent, Clint Bobsky, uh, played by Chris Jericho. Clint Bobsky interviews the champion of the entire Southpaw region, one Mr. Jane, or what was it, John Johnson. John, John Johnson, Johnson, yes. The most uncharismatic person of all time. And to me, this feels like a super rib because, of course, it's played by T.J. Perkins. Yes. Um, not just that. Chris Jericho obviously went to the groundling school for his comedy training. Those of you who don't know, that's the LA comedy scene. There's certain schools. The groundlings is where Will Ferrell and Sherry O'Terry and certain performers like that from Saturday night live comes from. And a lot of their teaching school is based towards sketch comedy and finding a character you wouldn't want to be stuck in an elevator with. I never want to see Chris Jericho do comedy again. What? He was the best part of this whole show. no, he was the worst for me because he was so in a, he was so in on the joke. He was so in on I'm doing comedy right now that yeah, it took was. me out of You're his right. scenes. And I'm like, don't just play it straight. The guys who played it straight and really put their all into it as opposed to oh, winking and nodding to the don't, camera. Don't give it away yet. Don't give it away yet. Cause we'll get there. Oh, we'll get there. Oh well no, I was just gonna say certain little things like okay. uh like the ascension. Don't give it away, god damn it. Okay, sir. We're not there yet. All right. We're not there yet. Because, oh, there's more. There's more. This, this show was introducing us to Tex Ferguson and Chad Too Bad. The next episode, we are going to get into a couple of cool characters. But before that, before that, we also got the introduction of the technical difficulty screen. Oftentimes, yes. Chet Shedderson, Fandango in a skull cap with bald wig, <laughs> who was drunk the entire time. Just drunk. Did not want to be there. You have Chet Chedderson going off on, uh, he's about to about to say a naughty word that you can't say on television. And we get to our first technical difficulty scream. And John Cena, I thought was perfect playing the announcer who doesn't feel like he's, he's to the level of doing professional wrestling announcing. Like he, he wants to be a news anchor clearly, yeah. but he's also trying to be patient and professional. And that sometimes that just clashed 
with uh, with what was going on around him. Um, a little bit like Dave Brown in Memphis. Yeah, you're right. And and clearly Chris Jericho, I thought was fine. You know, he was definitely in on the joke. He wanted you to know it. Uh, he was over the top in some ways, but this was all about being over the top. Uh, Tex Ferguson obviously played his stuff, you know, on the level like Tex Ferguson is perfect. Uh, Chris Jericho pronouncing charisma, you know, telling CJ Perkins <laughs> have a little charisma. Um, Chad too bad introduced the Chad too bad laugh. Chad Tupad is a big fan of his own jokes. Uh, he is not jealous of... So at the start of the show, we had Tex Ferguson coming in in one of his cars. Tex Ferguson, a money spender. He likes to buy cars. He likes to impregnate women. He likes to buy cars. Chad Tubad is not jealous of Texas cars because he just recently bought a brand new green jacket. And you can't <laughs> compete with that, Jeff. You cannot compete with a brand new green jackets. We also had the introduction of Heath Slater's pelvis. Wesley pelvis. Wesley was not around too much. You could not get sick of pelvis. Wesley because he was only here for bits and pieces on these episodes. Heath Slater's pelvis. Wesley, the perfect, the the perfect Memphis gimmick. Oh yeah. Perfect Memphis gimmick. Yeah. And you can buy the, uh, Southpaw regional wrestling t-shirt on WWE.com right now. You can buy it. Uh, however, they warn that it may cause ringworm just in case you are, (laughs) Worried about that. Uh, episode two starts off with Lance Kenamaran, and this is where we really get to the build of Lethal Leap Year on February 29th, 1987. Uh, Lethal Leap Year coming. Tex Ferguson, Chad Too Bad, a match on this, but we are also introduced to another match on this show. Uh, Big Bartholomew is interviewed by the infield correspondent. Big Bartholomew, Rusev in overalls, is going up against the banker, Mr. McElroy, this devastating banker has foreclosed on Rusev's farm. And now Rusev, big Bartholomew must fight for the dignity of the farm. He must fight hard for the chickens. Have you seen the Rusev Snickers ad? I don't believe so. No. Everything about that and everything about big Bartholomew makes him my favorite WWE performer right now. The, the, the Snickers ad, he's in a gym and he hears country music. He goes, hey, that's my jam. And he starts dancing and break dancing. And, and, and Lan, Lana comes up to him just looking angry and says, you may act a little cray cray when you're hungry. Have a Snickers. But Big Bartholomew is the best. Is the best thing about this show. Oh. I liked it a lot. Uh, you were about to, you talked about it a little bit. We had a vignette. I just didn't want, you know what I didn't want? What? I didn't want, I wanted them to not do that stupid half mustache thing every time. They did it a Fix lot. It at least they, TJ Perkins, uh, you had the banker wearing the uh, fake mustache. Uh, you had, I don't think Fandango had a mustache. Uh, so you did have a fake mustache going around. This is the vignette you were talking about, the Ascension. Oh, God. Coming, coming to Southpaw Regional Wrestling, they are the surf dudes with attitudes. And I ask this in serious. This is not one of those, oh, this was a funny one-minute skit on a WWE.com little gimmick. Uh, The Ascension. Dead in the water right now. Nothing going on. Would it be the worst thing in the world to try something weird and put them on television as the surf dudes with attitudes? It would be death. It would be death, but what what else are you doing? The Ascension isn't going anywhere. That's true. Maybe you can it, maybe you can make it campy enough to where it's funny for a little bit, and then they have a serious side. Because obviously, you know we, didn't, it, we didn't see the attitudes in this promo. They were just surf dudes. They weren't surf dudes could, with attitudes. 
So it there's that's, so yeah, that side of him's coming. You know what could happen here? It could get so campy, like the Heath Slater and the kids gimmick, that it gets over yes, on a SmackDown. It could, especially if they're beating up like the. Uh, I mean, especially if you move over like the the, uh, the the clone brothers over there for them to beat up cousins, or you know, you you have you know you have plenty of uh, guys you can do this to. It could it could as long as you don't do that wink and nod thing like they do when they give guys the gimmick of impersonating other people. Yeah, which I, is always the, near the end of their career. Right, you could possibly. Like, say they, they end up hitting their heads on something, and then they think they're surfers. Sure, I'll take this if you play it straight ahead. I mean, we know what happened, but maybe they don't know what happened. Yeah, you could get this gimmick over, I think. If it's so dumb, it eventually becomes cool. Yeah, I think I, why not? Could. Why not? Play off of this thing a little bit. Have them do something else, but the Ascension dead in the water. Uh, but this video was yeah. dead on. 80s introduced the new hot tag team. The new generation. The music video thing. The new generation, the thrill seekers in Smoky Mountain. Um, What do you you think about these? What do you think about these surf dudes with attitudes? Um, We go back to the farm. Lance Catamaran sends us back to get more from Big Bart, but there's a swerve. It is not Big Bart. It is the banker, and the banker has some news for you. A little thing called paperwork. The banker owns the farm now. What? The banker owns the farm. And there we have our semi-main event for Lethal Leap Year. <laughs> I thought Tyler Breeze was the best part of this thing. If I'm being serious, Lance Catamaran, great. Tex Ferguson, outstanding. The best part of episode two, and we'll get to episode four where it really goes nuts. The best part, Tyler Breeze as the banker. Evil. Mr. McElroy. Uh, uh, yeah, and, you know, give some love to the Ric Flair reads. I think those are doing well. That's right, because well the whole too. thing was sponsored by uh, Georgia Gold, K- Kentucky Fried Chicken Georgia Gold. So you It's had... actually pretty good. It's actually pretty good for fast food chicken. But they did it fun. They had Ric Flair read the, uh, the KFC reads. He was portraying a Ric Flair impersonator. So you had Ric Flair as a Ric Flair impersonator reading the reads for KFC. Come on down by the high school. A limited number of Southpaw stars will be on hand to eat chicken with you. I Yeah, the reads were a nice touch. The reads were a nice touch. Uh, episode three of four uh, starts off with the introduction of a, te- a 12-man battle royal. Lance Catamaran just talks about, let's find out the, intra- uh, the entrance for the 12-man battle royal. Doesn't tell you where it's happening, when it's happening, just a 12-man battle royal. And we, of course, only get three. We get Jim Johnson, John Johnson, whatever his name is. Uh, I forget who the second entrant was. It doesn't really matter. And then the third entrant, La Barba Grande. La Barba Grande comes in. He is mass rapido, and he is very hairy. La Barba Grande is coming to Southpaw. The giant beard has entered Southpaw Championship Wrestling. It's Monday. You know what that means. Yeah. Uh, Tex Ferguson. Tex Ferguson responds to Chad too bad. He does not care about Chad's new green jacket. Because Chad Too Bad's new girlfriend, Susie, gave him a child. <laughs> we are getting deep in the storytelling here. There are levels to this feud. Oh, there is. And, and, and episode four is, is, is when it really just, oh, I died. Now, sadly, died. sadly, we, we question whether this match is going to happen because Tex Ferguson does not care about the green jacket. 
But Chad Tubad sent Bad News Allen to take out Tex Ferguson's eyes. So now we don't know if Tex Ferguson can get to the ring. He says he'll get to the ring as long as someone points him in the direction. But one big boot, one lariat, and the entire territory is Tex Ferguson's. And that was yes. your big, uh, that was one of your big blow offs uh, or big promos cutting up to Lethal Leapier. To me, this seems like the main event of Lethal Leapier Tex Ferguson and Chad Tubad. I would think so. I would think it's a big one. Uh, we go back to Big Bart and we have the introdu- uh, introduction of Big Bart's cousin, Christian Joy, played by Lana. <laughs> Uh, and as Fandango points out, Christian Joy is a very clean lady. <laughs> I'm dying. Jeff I'm agrees. Sorry. Yeah. Jeff agrees. Uh, Clint Bobsky is backstage with Big Bart and Christian Joy. Uh, Christian Joy has been on the streets because obviously the banker owns the farm now. Uh, I just love that you wrote all this down. This is fantastic for me. I had to. I had to. Well, yeah. I mean, I had to understand we have to know what's happening towards Lethal Leap Year. This is the biggest event of the summer. Um, Rusev is handed a contract written in crayon on a scratch piece of paper. <laughs> uh, Rusev must sign. And Rusev says he will sign for the whole USA and all of the southern oh, the countries. Southern countries. All of the southern countries. <laughs> Rusev is coming down to uh, to win his farm back. You mean no, you mean Big Bartholomew. Big, oh, Bruce sorry. That's sorry. Big Bartholomew. Big Bartholomew. Yes, you are correct. Very interesting that the banker would put up the farm in a wrestling contest. Very, very wise. Uh, maybe not he's so very, wise decision. He's a very confident businessman. And we would find out at the start of episode four why he's so confident. Because Big Bartholomew <laughs> didn't read the contract. You see, the banker is not wrestling for the farm at Lethal Leap Year. The banker is bringing his sea creature, who the he calls creature. the sea creature. <laughs> his creature from the sea, known as sea creature, sea creature, versus Big Bartholomew, rounds out your card for Lethal Leap Year. Uh, what do you think about that match on a scale of 1 to 10? And where do they go with the sea creature from here? That's a hoss battle right there. I'm all over it. That's gonna, that may go into the crowd. You may see a concession stand brawl. Um, yeah, I'm all about that. Give me it. Tex and uh, Chad too bad. Continue their rivalry <laughs> heading into lethal leap year. Uh, Tex, yes. now, Tex now has no eyes. He has no eyesight. He's wearing double eye patches. Uh, he is still standing by his car. No idea where he's pointing or talking to. And while he's cutting a promo here, Chad too bad shows up and Chad too bad is now yelling his own promo in the ear of Tex Ferguson who thinks that this might be some type of malfunction of the audio equipment because obviously he can't see Chad too bad there. And he's saying, you know what? Damn it, guys, we're never going to compete with Vince if we can't get these production values up and running. They pulled the Sid. I thought you'd appreciate that. Oh yeah. No, where, it was where it he's was, cut, where he's cutting the promo and, and, and a live and promo. He's cutting a live we're, promo. We're, we're live pal. We can't start over. We're live, pal. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I can't do this promo, guys. I keep hearing Chad too bad in my ear. We got we to gotta do this promo again. <laughs> and he, and he's standing there yelling at him. <laughs> now, this episode was entitled The Death of Southpaw. And we found out why. Because, sadly, in 1987, there was no leap year. Yes. There was no February 29th. Southpaw Regional Wrestling had spent all of their production budget on promoting a show for February 29th, 1987, and there was no such date. So Lance Catamaran gets the bad news. 
checks the calendar, yells at a, a bunch of folks, reminisces about the days where he was back in Utica for six weeks, and sadly claims that the fate of Southpaw Regional Wrestling does not look certain. This is more exciting than Roman and Undertaker at Mania. Do you think so? The fact that there's no lethal... You would rather not have a lethal leapier than Undertaker and Roman at WrestleMania? I would rather have Southpaw Championship Wrestling than Rome. I'd rather have the Sea Creature and Big Bartholomew. Oh, yeah. I think everyone wants to see that match. I mean, there's no doubt there. Everyone wants to see that. Yes. I mean, how is the Sea Creature going to lock horns? I mean, how is he going to grapple with with Big Bartholomew? And will Big Bartholomew uh, use Christian Joy as a little distraction for the Sea Creature? Because you have the Sea Creature, doesn't know humans very well. Uh, Maybe he'll get distracted by Christian Joy at ringside. Maybe the banker can't control the Sea Creature. And also, why is a banker fighting for creatures in the sea? He may own the ocean, Rob. And look... It's 1987, so the sea creature has a very valuable tool for which he could learn. I'm just, that is that is yeah. Nintendo Nintendo Pro Wrestling. Yes. The Amazon. The sea creature could learn moves from watching the Amazon face fighter Hayabusa and know how to wrestle and know how to bite. I think this is a magnificent this is a main event in any arena in this fine country. In a world of one million wrestling podcasts, there is a new shining star with great interviews, analysis, music, and, and me, Matt Coon, on total engagement. Go to any podcast platform to listen today. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.